morning. Welcome to church. It's a great day in Florida. We have a winter day, minus the snow. <laughs> minus the snow, amen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Live streamers, wherever you are this morning, you've chosen to um, come and join us. We thank you for that. We appreciate you, and we know that the word of God will bless you. We're hungry for the word. We're thirsty for the word here. We believe the word is light and life, and it will change us from the inside out. Amen? Amen. And if you need a title for the message, it is Light and Life. That's the title of my message, message this morning. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just thank you. We praise you. We bless you, Lord God, for the day that you have made and created and given to us, Father. We will rejoice in this day, and we will purpose to be glad in it, Lord God. Father, I thank you for the Holy One that lives within inside of each and every believer within the sound of my voice. We believe you, Holy Spirit, that you will lead us, you will guide us into all the truth. You teach us, you train us, and yes, you even discipline us, Lord God, and correct us, Father. We thank you for your spirit living within us. We thank you for the days that you give us, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right, um, I want to just start out um, with the New King James in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. We are familiar with this scripture, but I just want to preface what I'm going to share this morning with this scripture. And in 16.9 it says, For the eyes of the Lord run true and throw throughout all the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal or blameless or committed or faithful or devoted to him. That's who God is looking for, the one who has given themselves to him. And the reason that this scripture is there, if you'll read up in the whole chapter of 16, King Asa had come into leadership and he had torn down all of the altars of idol worship and he had brought the people back to the Lord. But if you keep reading, you will see that he had trusted in God, he was faithful to God, and then he got off and he aligned himself with someone that he shouldn't have. And the Bible says that his trust in God began to fail. And so we want to talk a little bit about that this morning because I really believe that the only problem we have about not having God's way and will and his results in our life is because we begin to pull back our trust from him. And, you know, when we begin to pull back our trust, then Faith, of course, gets weak, and we don't get the results that the Bible promises us that we can have, because the Bible clearly says we can know God's will, we can have his will, we can live out his way, and we'll have the results from it that we'll be blessed. And because King Asa, he began to pull back his trust, it says that his seers came to him and said, from this time forward, now you're going to have war. You're going to have trouble from this time forward. And we don't have to go that way. You know, we don't have to. We, we need to know that God's still looking and seeking us out. 
He's always, he lives within us now, so he is seeking after us all the time. He's never, never leaving us alone. Amen? Amen. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful for that and very grateful for it. Very, very, very grateful for that, that I can know and believe that God is seeking me seeking me i have to tell the children in children's church god's not looking for you to catch you doing something wrong he's looking for you to catch you doing something good to bless you god is not our problem he is always 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 our answer and our solution amen amen so with that said we're going to begin in colossians 3 verse 9 and 10 And I'm going to read it out of the J.B. Phillips. And we're going to start in verse 9, and it says this, and he's talking to the church. These are converted believers. They have given themselves to Christ. He says, don't tell each other lies anymore, for you have finished with the old man and all that he did. And you have begun life as the new man who is out to learn what he ought to be according to the plan of God. Let's stop there a minute. So we know the Bible says when we receive Christ, we are to put off the old and take up with the new. We don't know the new yet. We have made a commitment to put off the old and to turn to Christ, but we don't know him yet. That's what making him Lord is all about. You know, we, we can know him as Savior because something inside happens when we receive Christ. And we know him as Savior. We know, well, I have a Savior now. But we, don't, we need to start being discipled to make him Lord of our life. All right? So it says, so now we're out to learn what he ought to be what he ought to be. I'm out to learn what I ought to be now in Christ according to the plan of God. In this new man of God's design, there is no distinction. So we have to think about that. There's no distinction. Everyone is on the same playing field. Everyone has been regenerated that comes to Christ, that receives him as Savior. But now we're going to make him our Lord. And that's what I want to talk to you about, the life and the light that comes to us and that we can take hold of. And we're going to look at that this morning. If I think about this, a few years back, Pastor Morgan leased us a brand new car. We had not bought a new car in years, but he had leased us a new car. Do you know I drove that car for three years on that lease? I never understood what that car was capable of. I never did. I never did. Because you know why? I refused to get out that manual that was that thick and about this long and read the capability of that car. There were things in that car, on that car, that that car could do. To this day, I have no idea what that car could do. I want you to think about the Word of God. I want you to think about God has opened his word to us. He has made us able and capable of understanding the word. But if we don't open God's word, if we don't open this manual, if we don't bring ourselves 
into a place to be taught. That car book could have taught me things about that car. There were things I probably would have loved that that car could have done, but I don't know what they are because we turned that car back in and that car went on and I still don't know. So could I talk to you about that car? Not really. I could tell you the name of the car. I could tell you the color. Come on, y'all. We're going to talk about our, you know, who we are in Christ today. But I couldn't tell you anything about what that car was capable of. Nothing. Everything was just out here is cosmetic to me. The only reason I went on that car lot with Pastor Morgan was I just, my eyes were like, there's the color. I like the shape. I love the name. That was it. Doesn't that sound foolish and ignorant? Hello? Hello? To buy a car like that's how I, that's how I buy a car, which to this, for, from that day to this, I've never been on a car lot again. Pastor Morgan goes and buys a car. I... Uh, no, I'm not doing it. Because honestly, that, that was foolish. Well, how much more foolish is it to not get in this word and stick with this word and become a disciple of the word so that I know, one, what I'm capable of, which we're going to look at that, and two, what God, you know, his purpose and his plan for me. I don't want to go through this whole life and not understand and know and believe there was a purpose and a plan for me when I said yes to him. Amen? Amen. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, well, well, let's go on. Um, turn with me to Philippians 2, verses 12 to 16. And I think let's read them. Let's read them in the New King James. That's fine. Philippians 2, is it Philippians 2? Yeah, 12 to 16. Philippians 2, 12 says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence, this is Paul talking only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do, for his good pleasure. Let's stop right there a minute. So we are to work out this salvation that we have said yes to. We are to work it out. We need to work it out. We need to find out who we are in Christ. We need to find our image in him. Everyone has, been, has grown up with an image. Some of those images aren't right. They aren't good. They don't profit us. They hold us back. They keep us down. Because of images. I mean, we have to think about this, really, because we need to put off the old and take up with the new. I remember Pastor Morgan and I, when we first received Christ, we realized we don't know anything about God. We haven't tried to please God, even though we thought we had been pleasing Him. But the Bible says that if you love Him, you will keep His word. And we would say we loved God all of our life. But we didn't keep God's word. We didn't know God's word. We never even thought about you could align yourself with the will of God or even know the will of God. Nobody can know the will of God. He's a huge mystery. 
And yet we have an entire Bible inspired, it says, by the Spirit of God written down. Well, what is it written down for? To sit on a shelf? It's been, you know, translated throughout the world. What is this for? What is the word for? It's to, it's to bring life to us. That's what it's for. And we're to take up with that way of life. But we won't be able to take up with that way of life if we don't stay in this word. We have to not just get in at one time for salvation to be saved and, and receive heaven, but we have to stay in it to receive the plan and the purpose of God and the ways and the will of him. Amen? I mean, that's what we've got to do. So um, let's go on. 14, do all things without complaining and disputing. See, this is, this is our life, church, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. So there, he's giving us some commands now. He is giving us commands. Um, let's, let's look at this. Let's, let's look at this in the Passion. Put up the Passion. Do we have the Passion? We do. This is what it says starting in verse 12. My beloved ones, just like you've always listened to everything I've taught you in the past, I'm asking you now, keep following my instructions as though I were right there with you. Let me ask you this. Sometimes when we leave this building, when we leave the four walls of this church, we have to take what we're taught and we have to meditate it and we have to begin to practice it. We have to begin to believe it. We have to know and act like it's truth. We have to know and act like and believe it's truth so that when we go out from here, we're going to take it with us. It says, now you must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live in the holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence, not in fear, but in awe, just overwhelmed with the truth that God is in us and we're in him and we are going to know him. We're going to get to know God. We're going to, we're going to develop a relationship with him. I mean, I can remember, I still develop relationships to this day. A good relationship being developed really is good. It's pleasant. It's, it's um, exciting. You look forward to it. You have an expectation of it. Amen. It says, which brings you into trembling into his presence. God will continually, I like this, revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. Let me say this to you. If you stay in the word, I believe this with my whole heart. Being in the word, we don't have to try to make something happen. We, I don't have to try to stay enthusiastic. I don't have to try to stay, you know, with an expectation. This word will bring forth that expectation for me. This word 
this word is alive when we take it up and put it in. When I take it to myself, life. Amen. And we're going to look at that in, in John in a minute. It says, God will continually revitalize you. Lit, now let's go on. Um, 14. Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. For then, for then you will be seen <laughs> as an innocent, mature, faultless, and pure child of God. Even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. You think that's pertinent for today? I think, I think the Bible is progressive, don't you? Everyone says it's not progressive, that we have to push progress, progressiveness. We don't have to. Everything that we need to do and know and be a part of is in this Bible to take up with. It says, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture, for you will appear among them, this is what I want to look at, as shining lights. Shining lights. It actually translates, you'll be, they'll look at you as you are enlightened. You're enlightened. You know something they don't know. Because we're talking about affecting the world, aren't we? Don't we want to affect the world? We want, we want the world to find Christ. We want the world to see him through us. Amen. That's what that's what witnessing is all about or being a witness or walking as a witness. Sometimes you might not get to to verbally say something to someone, but your life can show it. Your life can show it. Have you never been somewhere with someone and they've and you haven't you don't know them, you haven't said anything to them and finally they come over and say there's something different about you. I knew you must have been a Christian. I knew this, I knew that. And because it's a it's our light is shining. And we have to think about our light shining. It says, holding out the words of eternal life. That actually transmits or translates as you're actually holding life out to them. So we're walking in the life that we've been given. I'm actually walking in this life. I don't just talk about the life. I just don't think about this life, but I'm walking in it. I'm living it out. Amen. Turn with me to John 1, 4. New King James is good. And John 1, 4, it says this, in him, okay, talking about the word, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. In the message, it says that life was light to live by. It's just not about life and light. It's about the life we've received brought the light to live by. I do not have to walk in darkness anymore. I don't have to walk around wondering what in the world is going on, what's going to happen next, what's going to happen tomorrow, where's my future going. I don't, have to, I don't have to walk like that now because now I walk by the light because the life that I received from Christ brought that light to me. Light and life came together. And we have to remember that. We have to remember that we are the enlightened. We have the light. I think it's Ephesians. I think it's Ephesians 2 where it tells you about we've been enlightened. 
We have been enlightened so that we can take up and we can learn the things of God. We can actually live the life that God has promised us and that God saw from the very beginning. There are people, there are Christians that do not believe that. They do not believe that you can know the will of God. They do not believe you can have a personal relationship with Him. They believe He's just one big mystery. He is God. They know that, and he's the only true living God. But there is no way on this earth to reach out to him. And that's sad because that's not what the word says. The word says that he was the life and that he brought light to us. When he gave us the life and we said yes to him, then as we're discipled, that light just begins to get bright. And we can see and know and understand things. Um, growing up, you know, I was from a dysfunctional household, very dysfunctional. And, and um, when I got saved, I didn't get saved till I was 30 years old. I mean, I was in church all the time from a child. But I'm talking about a salvation experience where I received Christ. When I received him and I began to sit under the word of God being taught and the Bible being opened up to me and God's will opened up to me, then I actually could see, oh, this is why those things were going on. This is why those things happened. This is why I reacted like I did. This is why things didn't go well. I mean, I actually, I actually could see it from the word. And it answered questions, and then I could just forgive and put away. I could, because maybe you don't think... You know, children can be in unforgiveness. <laughs> children can resent things. Children can have problems and issues just like we, the grown people, the adult people. And um, we have to realize that with the word, we, we're a ministry that we open up and we, we teach the whole counsel of God. If it's in the word, we teach it. If it's in the word, we're taught to get a hold of it, take up with it, hold fast to it. That's what, the, what we just read about you hold fast, you take it up, you have it in your hand all the time. That's why when I go out among people, if I need to, I can share the word because it's in me and it's in my hand. And I know that because of the life that I've received, I understand there's light. There's always light present, always light present even in the midst of the darkest issue of life, the darkest situation, the darkest test, the darkest trial that the enemy wants to bring, things that seem that they're never going to work out, they're never going to turn around, they're never going to get straight. I know there's light present. And I know that those things can change. And I know that I don't have to continue to be subject to that. I don't have to be subject to it. That disappointment doesn't have to stay. Discouragement doesn't have to stay. It can't stay because who I am in Christ, I've taken my image now from him, and I'm in the word, and I see my image all the time in the word. I've been in the word for a long, 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 long time now, and I still can find my image in the word. I can still see things in the word that explain to me why this didn't go the way um, God would have planned it, why I didn't get his results, why it just fell short. If you read back in Chronicles, King Asa 
he did. His trust kind of waned a little bit and failed, but it says he went right back and he got faithful to God again. And see, that's the thing about God. He never, never, never gives up on us. I mean never. Never gives up. All he has to do is see your turn to him. You've given yourself back to him. You've given yourself over to him. You don't quit. We're not quitters. We have received Christ. We love the Lord now. We're going to learn what that love is all about. We're going to learn how to please God. We're going to learn how to take up with his will and walk out that life that we've been given. Amen? And increase in that life. And to be faithful with that life and to that life. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Um, let's go on. 1 John 2, 6. New King James. First John two six. Hmm. Do I want to start in six? Let me think. Let me see here. Yeah, it says he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. The um, some some translations say in the same manner, but that's where we've got to take our image from now. We've got, to, we've got to look at Christ. We've got to see what did Jesus do while he was on the earth. He was our example. God put the word in a body, and he put, them, he put him in the earth as an example. So we need to know I ought to be walking as he walked. I ought to be, well, one, he definitely walked obedient. <laughs> he definitely did that. Two, he walked in the spirit and heard the voice of God. So I need to know that. I need to know that this is the way I'm to walk. If I walk this way, then the answers will come. The light will come. That I will, if sometimes you have to walk through darkness, I'll walk out the other side of darkness. I can walk around darkness. I can walk over darkness. I, you know, I just can't reiterate enough to us we need to know what we're capable of and the ability that God gives us. This, this is not a sit-by, get-by, throw-in-the-towel life. This is we're standing up, we're facing life, we're facing what comes to us, and we have to know on the inside of us, which is a really good thing, which I'm going to share with you something that um, a translation says in um, 1 John, but we're not going to go there right now. But we have to remember how are we walking, why are we walking, and who we're walking in. Who am I walking in? Who am I trusting? There's a lot of things in this life that, you know, I've been through, had to go through, some things I've been able to go around. But you know what? In all those things, God never let me down. In all those things, I'm still here. I'm still in this place. I mean, I've been healed. I've been delivered. I've been set free from things. All because of the word of God and the will of God and the plan of God for my life that I found out about. I found out about. I remember the first time I was ever healed by God according to the word. I remember thinking, well, this must just be my lot in life. Someone has to have it. I guess it was just me. 
I never blamed God or anything because I didn't understand anything about that. But I really believed someone had to be sick. It just had to be me. And yet, here I come into a place that will teach me the word of God. And I'm just sitting under that teaching. I'm sitting. There was no, you know, there wasn't any bolt of lightning come or anything like that. There was sitting under the teaching of the word. Just teaching and teaching and teaching. And me sitting there sicker than a dog, knowing I had a chronic illness. I'm under a doctor's care. He's telling me, this is all you've got. This is what's left, and that's all you've got. This is the way it's going to be. I'll stick with you because he was a friend of the family. He says, I'm going to stick with you by your side, but this is all there is. I, this is all there is for you because of what's happened to you. And so it was internal organs. They were diseased, and they were necessary. They were kidneys, and you can't live without kidneys. So anyway, he, and I remember I would hear that report and hear that report constantly, but I was already in a place to hear the word constantly. And that word, y'all, I, I never, I was young in the Lord. I never said to myself, the word of God's going to hit. That's not what I said. I just kept coming. I kept hearing the word. And, you know, it's not just about healing. It's about anything in life that doesn't line up with the way God's will is for us and God's plan and his purpose for us. And I began to hear the word. And from that place, I just began to get strength. I began to get better to the point of I removed myself from the doctor's care. Even though he said, this is foolishness, Hugh Ellen. This is not good. I, 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 don't, I don't recommend this. But inside, I knew, okay, I had all that report that was built up for several years inside of me. But now I've got this report built up, and I'm going to put off. And I remember thinking this because we were always taught we're a new creation. I remember thinking this, this thought just came up in me. I'm going to put off that old because that sickness was in my old life, and I'm going to take up with the new life in Christ. And from that day to this, not a symptom, not a medication, nothing they said was going to happen to me ever has happened, ever, ever. It's the word. You can't explain it any other way. There's no other way to explain that. So I know that I have to trust in the word. And you know what? When trust starts waning and trust starts, you don't think I don't know when my trust fails about something in this word and I know I'm not where I should be. I'm not, I'm not fully trusting. I'm not the heart that's fully committed. I'm not being loyal to God. I know. I know when, I, when that happens. And I'm telling you right now, I'm back in this word because I know it's just an open door for the enemy. That's all it is. It's just an open door. But there's no reason to fear the enemy. There's no reason at all to fear him. Because if you go back and you get in the word, that word has already beaten and defeated him. And you know, it's all good when we're okay to say it, but what about when it's hitting the fan? What about when the rubber's meeting the road? What about when you're in the midst of the trial? See, y'all probably don't remember it. I mean, some of you were here, but you might not have ever noticed it. I was, I was carried into the church because I said, staying home with this isn't going to help. 
Staying home and laying down with it won't help. Bring me into the church. I want to hear the word of God. And that's what I would be done. Um, Pastor Morgan would bring me to the church. And I'd have to sit on the back row sometimes. You know, I'd sit on the back row. I didn't feel well. I, I didn't because I had something chronically wrong with me all the time. But I believe this, that the word, I saw healing in the word. I saw strength in the word. I saw deliverance in the word because the word's being taught. Now, I could have ignored it based on how I felt, but that word was just coming life, 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 and light was coming on. Light began to come, light began to come, light began to come. And when that light began to come, I could see things for what it was. I could see I don't have to be the one. I don't have to be the one with chronic illness. I don't have to be the one that didn't make it. I can be the one that made it. I, I remember having the last conversation I had with that doctor, the very last one that I ever had to see him again. And he'd see me in the grocery store, because it's a small town, and he'd say, Fuella, you look good. Are you still doing okay? And I'd say, doing fine. He'd say, I don't know what, I don't know what to think about all this, because he was Hindu. Um, he says, I, but he was a really good doctor. Um, he says, I don't know what to think about this. I said, you better think about Christ and about the Lord God. Because I said, I don't know what else to tell you. I said, you see it, I see it, I'm living in it now, and I'm well. And he agreed, he did, he agreed. He says, yeah, that's obvious, you are well. And so if I could say anything about the word, anything, I would say this. Remember John 1. Remember that the word became flesh. Remember that that word was the life and in that life was the light of us. Because unless the light gets turned on in the darkness we're in, we're never going to see where the issue is. You know, we won't see where the problem is. You've got to see what's lacking. You've got to see what am I missing? What am I not lining up with? Why can't I stick to it? Because that was the other thing. I had to go through... I felt like I was in faith. I felt like, okay, I've got some strength. I felt like, okay, I, I, I heard the word. I'm going to stick with that word. But then the symptoms would attack, and I'd back down a little bit. And I remember one day they wanted to put me in the hospital, but for some reason they said, well, do this. Go to the clinic and get some IVs to get you because I'd get dehydrated really quick. Get some IVs and go home, and in 24 hours, if you're still feeling like this, you better get yourself to the hospital and check yourself in. So here's what I did, because I'm in the Word, remember, I'm in the Word, I'm hearing the Word, I'm putting faith in this Word that I'm hearing, I believe the Word is life and light. I decide before we go to the clinic, it was on a Sunday morning, everyone was in church, I said, take me to the church, run in there, Get, get some people, get the pastor, get them out here, and get them to just lay hands on me. Because at that time, I was the sick. The symptoms were on me, and I knew it. I was sickness was attacking me. I said, get them out here. I want prayer. I want prayer before I go there. Sure enough, they came right out of the church. They, right through the window, they laid hands on me. They prayed. I went there, and I'm telling you that IV 
fixed me up. I never had to go back to that hospital. I never really had to go back ever into the hospital, even though I'd become very, very ill very quickly. But yet, I'm under the word, and I know it, and I'm being more persuaded. I'm being more convinced of it. And because of the life and the light that I chose to just take hold, hold fast, I wasn't going to let go. I didn't care. I just, I got to where I just didn't care. I said, get me in the church, get me to hear the word. Because in those days, you got to remember no live stream. <laughs> in those days, you had to be here if you're going to hear it. You had to be among the brethren in the body, believing about the corporate anointing and the presence of God here. And that's what I, I, that's what I did. I would talk to myself all week about it, all week about it, all week about it. And then when it would come Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Sunday night, and I would come. Sometimes I came in good, sometimes I didn't come in good, but it didn't matter to me. Because I came and I began to read those Gospels, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I, I remember, you know, I remember they crawled into the street. I remember they were brought on sick bed. I mean, that's how, you know, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking, well, wait a minute. That's how they came in. I think I can be walked under the arm and sat in the back of the church. I think I can do this. Look how they did. They came. He's the, Jesus was the living word made flesh. This is the word that's being taught here. I'm going to come to this word. I'm going to come. I'm going to step up, step out, reach out, and I'm going to come. And I'm telling you from that day to this, nothing, nothing is wrong with me. Nothing internally. Totally delivered, totally healed. I wish I could make more of it than it was, but it was just that. It was sitting in the Word, not letting go of that Word, getting, expecting that Word to work. And it did. It was life. And it was light. The life was there. I had to keep with the light so I could see it. I had to see what that life was about. That life was about my health, my, that, my deliverance, my salvation in that area of healing. That's what that life was about, amen? That's what the life was about. Um, James 4, 6 to 10. And let's see. Let's read this in the message. Okay, it says, <clears throat> it's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud, but he gives grace to the willing humble. So I, I just wanna, I want, us to, I want us to see this in, in the word, what the word says. It says, so, in, in um, verse 7, so let God work his will in you. That's what I was doing. I had to allow God's will to be worked in me. And it was only through the word of God, the preaching, the teaching, the presence of God, the trusting God, that that was going to take place. Now, wasn't it? It says, yell a loud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit, here you go, quit dabbling in sin, purify your inner life. See, it's about what's happening on the inside of us. We know, we teach this here, but we've got to go back to that all the time. You've got to go back to it. 
I mean, we must go back to it. There's a scripture in 1 John, it talks about that God's heredity within us will conquer the world outside of us. So anything that's of the world, that's adversity, that's contrary to the will of God, you have to know that you have a new identity, you have a new heredity, you have a new image. And it says, purify your inner life. Quit playing the field, hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious. I cried lots of times. Um, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master and it's the only way you're going to get back up on your feet. And it's about humbling ourselves. That's what it's about, about just giving over to God. And that's what I did. I, I did that. I just said, God, I just had to say, the doctor has no, he doesn't have an answer. He's just trying to help me limp along. And he's already told me it's a shorter lifespan than normal. That's not a good report. I'm only 24 when I get this report. And now I've lived with it for pr probably probably eight years because, yeah, because I can always tell from our daughter her age. That's how I can tell. Um, for eight years, I just went through all that constantly, constantly. You know, getting sick over and over and over. And the other thing is damaging to the kidney. But when I got healed, no kidney damage, nothing. They said, this is impossible sick for eight years like you were, and there's no kidney damage. I said, I'm telling you, I got healed because of my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, to the Hindu doctor, whoosh, but I, what could I say about it? I, I, there was no other answer. And so when I think about this and I think about Always checking about your inner life, your inner being, because that's who we are. The Bible says we're spirit, soul, and body. You have to check, what, what am I doing? What am I thinking? How am I acting? What, do I, what am I speaking? Who do I hang with? I could not afford to hang with an evil report. I mean, I had a friend. She constantly wanted to talk about my illness. Finally, I just had to say, I'm not talking about this anymore. You know what it is. I know what it is. We're done talking about it. To this day, I'll see her. She hasn't said it in a few years but because she still lives here, and she'll say to me, whatever happened with your kidney? I said, well, they're well. Ha what? We had the same doctor. I remember all that. I said, no, well, we're, I'm well. I got healed. I got healed by God. Really? I said, yeah. <laughs> really? That's what happened. I got healed by God. Amen? I'm telling you. So we have to think about these things. We have to think about what's going on on the inside of me. When, when things come up that don't line up with the will and the word of God, that come against us, I'm talking about. What's going on on the inside of us? Because if we don't have the strength, if we don't have, you know, the true knowledge of what the Bible says, the will of God, then where do we go? We go back in here. We go back and we find out the will and we meditate that will and we get that will. You know, we, you have to convince, convince this. It says persuade. And then you have to hold fast to it and keep it within you. 
And then you have to exercise it against the things that come against us. There's ugly stuff in the world. But it's not for us, amen? It's not for us, amen? Um, okay, we read about the humility. And First Peter, in First Peter, I don't remember, I think it's in chapter 5, I'm not sure. But it says to humble yourself before the Lord. And it's talking about, you know, before, like, put yourself under him. You know, come under his hand. God's not going to hurt us. He's not going to abuse or misuse us. He's not going to hold us back, hold us down, push us off to the side, cast us off. He, he wants you, us to come under his hand. He wants us to be able to, to receive correction or discipline. He wants us, you know, to receive instruction. I mean, at different times in different places for different situations, I receive correction, instruction, discipline. There's all kinds of things I receive. But here's what I know. I know they're of him. So I received them gladly. I'm happy to receive them because to not receive them, things aren't going right. Because, see, that light shows me they're not going right, which is really good. This is not right, Hugh Owen. This is not going my way. What's going on here? So I have to look within and I have to say to him, Lord, if I need discipline, if I need correction, instruction, what is it? Tell me. You know, speak within me. Let me know what is it that I'm just, I'm just a step off somehow. And I can't, get, I can't get my balance. I can't get going forward in this. And he will, and he does. Because he wants you, he wants you to know him. He wants you to get on his plan and his purpose for life. We have the life and we have the light for others. And so we've got to be able to walk and live out that life. We have to. It's absolutely, um, what do I want to say? Yeah, it is crucial. Yeah, it is absolutely crucial that we do that because I want to have something to give to the next person. I mean, I want to have that encouraging word. I want to have that word of life. I want to have whatever they have need of, that word that the Bible talks about, a word fitly spoken in due season, a word that fits, a word that will help them and not hinder them, a word that will heal and not harm. I mean, it's, an, it's so very, very important in these days. People are in trouble. They're in trouble. And they are walking in darkness, but they don't know it. And they don't know why they can't come out of it. They can't get through it. Amen? Amen. All right, we need to stop there. Whew. Father God, we just thank you. We bless you and we praise you, Father God, for the life that you have given us, the light that we are we are given to walk in, Lord God, that we can know you, Father God. We can find your will, Lord God, and we can walk in your purpose and, and fulfill your plan, Lord, for our season, for this time on the earth that we spend, Father. Father, I thank you for the word of life. I thank you, Lord God, that Holy Spirit, you're within us to teach us and train us and, and correct us, discipline us, reprove us, whatever you need to do. Lead us and guide us, Father by your spirit within our spirit, Lord God, according to the word, Father God, that we can line ourselves up with your word, Lord God, knowing that we know that we have 
touched you, Father, and you've touched us. I thank you, Father, for the life that we've been given. It's a precious, precious, glorious life. Thank you, Lord. And, Father, as we come to you, Father God, with our giving, Father, I thank you, Lord, it is a righteous act, Father God. It's in, it is in the word that we can give and then we can receive, that we can sow and then we can reap, Lord God. Father, that we will, we will purpose to be that cheerful, willing heart, Father God, to give ourselves to give of our substance, to give of our finances, to give, Father God. It's not about how much, Lord God, but it's about the heart. It's about the condition of our heart. It's about the one that's committed and faithful to you, the one that remains loyal, Lord God, serving you, running after you, Father God, seeking you. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you with tithes and offerings, Lord God and sowing our seed in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, you should be able to find the envelope if you're giving um, cash or credit card in the seat in front of you. Live streamers, if you want to sow into this ministry, then you can go to the website, newlifefamilyworship.net, and you can give that way, and we'll send you a tax receipt that we pray over our offerings, we pray over our giving and receiving, we pray over the seed sown, and we believe for increase, a godly increase, not man's increase, but a godly increase, um, a righteous increase. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.